The contents of the Simple Blessings in Oil podcast, including the information contained in text or audio or other content, is offered on an informational basis only. No content is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should always seek the advice and guidance of a qualified medical professional before changing or making any adjustment to any medical or treatment protocol you are currently using. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat or prevent disease. In each audio, remedies or oils are recommended. We are not claiming that the product will cure any of these problems or disorders. We are merely reporting that people have used the product to aid these conditions. This is the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is your host, Amanda Phila. I'm a crunchy mom who loves God, my family, essential oils, and simple ways to healthier living. Hi friends, it's Amanda with Simple Blessings and Oils. Today we're going to talk about kefir water, a little bit about kombucha, and how they can benefit you and your health. This is podcast number eight, and you can find the show notes on simpleblessingsandoilspodcast.com. So a lot of people have heard of kombucha. You can buy it in a lot of the health food stores. Um, Some places even have it on tap, and it's very popular. And we've made it ourselves. All you need is a scoby, some black tea, or white tea, or even green tea, um, sweeten that up, and then you brew it. So it doesn't take a long time, or it takes a little bit longer, but it's it's not a hugely in-depth process. Um, but with the kefir water, kefir water, you need kefir grains, or water kefir grains, and all you need to do is have some sugar water. So you boil up some water, add some sugar, And then to feed the grains and get them the right mineral content, I like to add a little bit of a pinch of baking soda to mine and a little bit of molasses. But with the kombucha, I always say it wrong, you take uh, anywhere from 5 to 30 days typically to brew a batch of kombucha. You can also do a continuous brew where you're just continually adding green tea and that's a whole nother class in and of itself. But with the water kefir, it only needs to brew for 24 to 48 hours. Within that 24 to 48 hours, those grains have eaten up that um, sugar that you've added to it and fed off that. So kombucha is very familiar um, fermented beverage, like I said, sold in many stores. Uh, Water kefir is another fermented um, non-dairy drink. You can find kefir in stores, and that is a dairy version of it. But what we're talking about today is water kefir. Um, You typically don't find it, you don't find it in a lot of locations. The two are often compared, but but they're not totally similar. The difference between the kombucha and the kefir, um, and the benefits, I should say, between the two, We're going to just kind of go through. So the kombucha starter culture is a symbiotic colony of bacteria and yeast. It's called a SCOBY, S-C-O-B-Y, and it's held together by polysaccharides. So its appearance is similar to that of a mushroom cap, and a lot of times that's what I compare it to, or that's what I call it is like a my uh, kombucha mushroom, but it's not. It's a SCOBY. Um, And like I said, a lot of people do refer to it. 
Uh, it's not a fungus, so it's technically not a mushroom. Uh, kombucha is known to contain a variety of yeast and bacteria that are beneficial to your gut. Um, water kefir grains are also a colony of bacteria and yeast. Though their appearance is a lot different, it doesn't look like a mushroom. It actually looks like little tiny translucent grains. And um, I, I like to tell people, if you've ever been to a wedding and they have those centerpieces with like the gel in the middle, you add water to that those packets and it, you know, bulks up. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, but these grains are actually sturdy. Like if you take a grain out and touch it, they're not mush. They, um, they're actually kind of formed and sturdy. And that's why we call them kefir water grains. They, um, the term grains describes the look of the culture. So it's not grainy. It's not actually containing any kind of gluten or anything like that. Kefir grains contain no actual grain like wheat or rye or anything. Um, Water kefir grains are also known to contain a the variety of yeast and bacteria. And like I said, the preparation is where a big difference is. To prepare the kombucha, you, um, you get your tea, you brew your tea and sweeten it. You add your scoby to the sweet tea, and then you ferment that for anywhere from 5 to 30 days. Um, and it really goes on what flavor you like. Water kefir, um, you add your water grains to your sugar water. Or you can do fruit juice or coconut water, I've been told too, but I've always just done water. And then you let that brew, you culture that for 24 to 48 hours. Um, how you flavor it is totally up to you. Kombucha is a little bit, um, has a tangy, kind of sweet, slightly tea. Depending upon the tea that you use, it, it does vary the flavor of your kombucha. The flavor varies depending on how long you culture it as well. So if you culture it for five days, it's not going to be as um, vinegary, I would say, as it will be towards that 30-day mark. And then, of course, the tea that you use. Uh, the culture time determines whether the kombucha tea has a mild taste or a really strong vinegar-like taste. Um, and then you can drink the kombucha like it is, plain, or you can add things to flavor it. And there's tons of options out there for flavoring your kombucha. For both water kefir and kombucha, we actually like just plain grape juice. Um, we've also done things like frozen strawberries. Um, we've done frozen blueberries. Not as big of a fan of that, but the strawberries we all liked a lot. Um, so those are just some of the options you can do. Water Kefir can be fairly sweet, depending on the sugar used for the culturing. Um, I recommend using organic cane sugar. I know people that have used, you know, plain sugar. I tend to stay away from things that have been bleached, so we don't use plain bleached sugar in our house. Both kombucha and kefir water, you can do what they call a second fermentation. And so after you've fermented it for that 24 to 48 hours with kefir water, or for 5 to 30 days with the kombucha, you bottle it up in a swing top sealed lid, and then you leave it sit on the counter to ferment a second time. And that's going to add a little bit more fizz. Now for us, we've noticed that the kefir water has a lot of fizz, especially if you are doing this in the summer months where it's warmer outside, then it tends to really get fizzy. And so I always recommend you get a high quality swing top bottle. I know at our local Aldi here, they have drinks already made in them, so it works 
great because we can just either drink the stuff that's in them or dump it out, but the bottles are very reasonably priced. You can also go to your local um, wine or beer brewing place wherever like a hobby store that they sell the supplies for making wine or beer and they typically have uh, swing top lids in there as well and what that does is it just seals in all that and it actually carbonates so it's a natural carbonation and that's why in our house it's kefir water but it's we call it kefir pot because by the time we're getting ready to drink it it has a pop like um, effervescence uh, it tastes it doesn't taste like a typical pop but there are ways to flavor it that you could even get a root beer cream soda cola flavor to it I have not explored all those options because my kids and I are fairly simple when it comes to it my whole family likes it just with juice and it's quick easy and simple so um, a lot of people ask which is better for you kombucha can aid in digestion um, it, in addition to the benefits of the bacteria, it also contains some acid, acids and enzymes to aid in the breakdown of food. Kombucha tea can contain caffeine, depending on the tea that you use to brew it. Um, another thing with kefir water is more of a general probiotic beverage. So this is going to be a good addition to any person's diet. While it does contain enzymes and acid, they don't seem to have quite as strong as, of an effect as the kombucha, I'm assuming due to the brew times. However, water kefir contains a greater number of bacteria strains than those found in the kombucha. So both beverage both beverages are beneficial in aiding our natural system, the natural systems of our body, and both are great for hydration depending upon your needs. So consuming one or both is good. And for us, the simplicity of kefir water is why we stick with it. So I'm just going to run through a quick rundown of kefir versus kombucha. So kombucha, once again, you brew that for five to 30 days. It brews um, with a sweetened tea. So your black and your greens are the most popular, but you can go out to like a white tea or an oolong tea. Um, you're not limited to how much you can make with the kombucha. Your scoby will do a small jar or it can do a two gallon pitcher at a time. So when you're brewing it, you just put your SCOBY in with your black tea. So if you brewed up five gallons of black tea, you're going to have five gallons of kombucha when you're, yeah, kombucha when you're done. It, there's no size variation. One SCOBY will make as many batches as you, or as much as you want at a time. Uh, the flavor with kombucha is kind of tart and slightly vinegary. This gets stronger and builds the longer you brew it. So if you don't like that, you want to stick closer to that five-day range versus the 30-day. Um, this has an effervescence to it for carbonation. Um, you can drink it plain if that's your thing, and a lot of people don't mind it. I know my dad loves it plain. I like a little bit of flavor with mine. And if you go to the store, you can see all the multitude of flavors out there. So I highly recommend if there's one that you drank from the store, Check it out, see what way you can replicate that flavor, and go for it. Try it. It's not going to hurt anything. And you can, once you're done brewing your batch, say you did a two or five gallon batch, you could do multiple things and see which flavors you like and then stick with it. So it's kind of fun. If you've ever been into like beer or winemaking, this would be a great thing to substitute that with, and it's healthier. So um, it contains probiotics and yeast. The mother scoby always produces a baby scoby that be, can be given away or used elsewhere. 
Uh, you just one thing you want to remember with scopies is never flush them down because they will take the shape of whatever they're in. So say you had a um what do you call it? A septic system in your home and you decided to flush it for whatever reason. You flush it down your toilet, it can actually take over your entire septic system. So uh, they always recommend if you don't want them that you bury them in the ground. They're really good for the, the ground in your garden. Um, I actually have a whole entire hotel of scobies because through the years of brewing them, obviously every time you brew another batch, a scoby grows on top. So it's very easy to get them. You can also buy them if you're new to it and don't know where to get one locally. Ask on Facebook. Maybe somebody you know is already doing it and they'd be happy to, you know, give you one of their scobies. Otherwise, culturedhealthforyou.com has all of the brewing things for things like yogurt and kefir and kombucha and all that stuff. So, um, and the health-related benefits to the kombucha is it's a detoxifier and a digestive support. Now, on the flip side, we have our water kefir. Once again, shorter brew time, 24 to 48 hours. What you need is sugar water. Um, some will use juice or coconut water as well. I've only done the sugar water. That's how I was taught, and that's how I've always brewed it. I might stretch out into some of those other areas eventually. Um, you're limited to about a gallon, typically, of kefir water at a time, but as every time you make your kefir water, your grains will increase in population. So you might only start out with a half a cup, which would do about a half a gallon. But as time goes on, it spreads to a whole cup, and now you're doing a whole gallon, and then you've got two cups. And the grains that I have currently have been growing insanely fast. So I could typically have, I could probably have eight gallons brewing on the counter if I wanted to. But for our family, a gallon at a time is typically enough. There's times where we're all of a sudden going through more and I might brew two gallons at a time. But you are limited by the amount of grains that you have, how much you can brew. Um, it is a little bit more sweet in flavor and it should be flavored with fruit juice, fruit extracts, um, or pureed fruit. Some people will drink it plain and it doesn't taste bad. It has a little bit of a sweet flavor, but I always recommend that second fermentation to get it good and bubbly. And this one does have a slightly bubbly, um, when you watch your grains, unlike the scoby, the scoby floats on top with your kombucha, and the kefir grains sit on the bottom. And so when you know you have happy grains, you'll see little bubbles up, you know, coming up from the grains, and that's just them eating up that sugar and giving off that good probiotics for you. Um, Drinking it plain, some people don't drink it plain, but like I said, it's really a personal preference. You can always try it if you like it. Go for it. Um, but most people will flavor kefir water. And it also contains your probiotics and yeast. Um, the culture growth grains can multiply very quickly, and it really depends on the grains that you have. Because I've had grains in the past that don't multiply as quickly, but when I was um, in one of my water kefir groups, somebody had recommended adding the baking soda. So... Typically when you brew kombucha, you keep a little bit of the mother with your scoby every time. So when you're draining it out, you leave a little bit of that juice so that the scoby is always wet and always stays with a little bit of the mother. And with kefir water, I always did the same thing. But I had recently read about rinsing my grains. So every time I make a batch, I now rinse them. We have reverse osmosis water. So I rinse my grains off with that. And then I'm adding the 
molasses to feed my grains so that they get the good minerals and a pinch of baking soda every time. And so my grains have been growing like crazy. So it really depends. If your grains are growing slow, there are a few things that you can do to add that mineral content to it that's going to boost that up and make them grow quicker. But sometimes your grains will grow a little bit slower as well. So you're not going to grow a new set of grains every time you do it like a SCOBY would on your uh, kombucha. And then for your general health, it's good for just general overall health, and it's a good probiotic supplement. So those are just kind of the variations um, between the two, and I will also put the recipe in the show notes. So kefir water, like I said, um, that's my main, my main source of going, but I will put a recipe for both kombucha and kefir water on, uh, in the show notes. With the kombucha, you just pretty much brew up your tea. You sweeten it. Um, when I make mine, I typically tend to make a gallon. It's just a good round number for our household. So I make a gallon at a time. And so I'll brew four to six bags of tea, depending upon the tea, for kombucha. And then I add a cup of sugar to that to sweeten it. And then I let that come to room temperature so it's cool and it's not going to kill off any microorganisms that are in your SCOBY. And then once it's room temperature, you just gently add your SCOBY and then you put a coffee filter over top of it and you let it brew. And after five days, typically you can start tasting it by itself, you know, strain a little out. How do you like the flavor of it? If you like the flavor, you can go ahead, strain it out, and then start your brew all over again and you can start drinking what you strained out. With the kefir water, and one other note to make is kefir and kombucha do not get along. So you never can brew them together. So if you keep them, I always keep them kind of in a cooler, dark area, but they need to be in separate rooms, separate cabinets. Um, they will actually kill each other off. It's kind of like having betta fish. Not a good thing to keep them together. So you want to make sure you store them in different areas. But with the kefir water, I go ahead and I boil about a, you know a gallon of water because again, I'm making a gallon, and I need about a cup of my kefir grains for this, but then I'm going to take a cup of sugar. So kind of like the sugar ratio should be the grain ratio. So I do my one cup of sugar and one cup of grains, but I'll boil my water. I dissolve my sugar with just a dollop, I like a, depending upon um, flavor-wise, a teaspoonish to up to a tablespoon if your grains really need it of molasses. And I do use organic blackstrap. I've just found it works well. But molasses in general has minerals in it, so it's good for your kefir grains. But you boil your water, you put your cup of sugar, and then you put your teaspoon to tablespoon of blackstrap molasses, and then just a pinch of baking soda in there. And then dissolve that and um, mix it up. And once your water is again at room temperature, you don't want it to be hot because it will kill your grains. You gently add your grains in. And again, you can either, kefir water can be sealed. Um, it actually can help ferment it a little bit. Or you can go ahead and just put a coffee filter over it. Either one actually works. Um, I just, my lid is not tight on mine, but I do have an old pickle jar is what I use. And so I put that pickle jar lid on and it doesn't seal anymore. So it's not completely locking off that oxygen to it, but it is a little bit more sealed than I do my kombucha. And then once again, after 24 to 48 hours, some days get busier than others, then you strain out your grains and you start the process all over again. You would 
Then do your second fermentation. So once your grains are out of that water, you can flavor the water with your grape juice or your frozen uh, fruit or however you want to do it, fresh fruit. And then I bottle it in the swing top lids and I seal it up and I leave it sit on the counter for another 24 to 48 hours. And that will add that bubbly effect. That'll make it more like a kefir pop. Um, you can do it in the mason jars. They don't... Um, they don't break or anything, but they also don't hold the fermentation in as well. Um, and then if you want to store either one of them indefinitely, like if you're just into a season of your life that's really busy and you don't have time, with kefir grains, you can store them in a little bit of juice or purified water in the fridge for six months. Um, if you're going to be longer, the six months might be even enough to kill it, but um, if you're just going to wait a week or two or even a month, like we've gone on vacation and I leave them in the fridge and they're totally fine. I have left them up to six months. They're not the health healthiest of grains when I come back, but if you're going to do indefinitely, you can dehydrate them. And when you dehydrate your grains, all you do is rinse them off really well, stick them on a cookie sheet and let them sit out. Um, on a counter, I put them on a cookie sheet with a towel over top and it takes about five to eight days depending upon the temperature and then they shrivel up into these little crystals. Once they're the crystal size, you can put them in a Ziploc baggie and throw them in your fridge and they'll store indefinitely. So right now with me having such a plethora of them, I actually have two cookie trays currently dehydrating in my house to store away for another day. Um, with the Scobies, you just keep them in a little bit of the mother and you set them in a jar and you seal the jar off and you put it in the other room. It's not going to really do anything. You can also dehydrate scobies. That is something I have not done. So, um, but I just leave mine. I have what they call a hotel of scobies. So I have multiple and they just sit in enough liquid to keep them covered. And the scoby actually grows and kind of seals off all that juice underneath. And you can leave it in a cool, dark area for as long as you need to until you're ready to start brewing again. So I hope you all learned a little bit of something. This is also something that is fun to add essential oils. We like to add our citrus oils to them when we drink them. And if you're interested in getting started with oils, just check out my um, www.simpleblessingsandoilspodcast.com and there is some information on there how to get started. I think that's all I have for you today. So I will also have both recipes written out. So if you didn't catch it as I said it, you can go ahead and print those off from the website. Um, th this is, again, podcast number eight with Simple Blessings and Oils. And you can find the show notes at www.simpleblessingsandoilspodcast.com. As always, be grateful and have faith and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Simple Blessings and Oils. Visit me at simpleblessingsandoils.com or on Facebook at Simple Blessings and Oils. Simple Blessings and Oils is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. <laughs>